Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. March comes in like a lion, it leaves like a lamb. Welcome to the Factor. Welcome to the Factor, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack, y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Factor. Welcome to the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we each bring you a random and obscure fact, and you, the listeners, can decide who the winner is. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me is the weekday freak, Pat. That's me. I did not forget my own name. <laughs> I did. I stumbled. I was like, I don't know what to call myself. And with him is his best friend, Creepy Mike. What was Mike's nickname? The Hot Steam Machine. Oh, yeah, the Hot Steam Machine, Mike. <laughs> I like that name. I think we should stick it. So wait, Creepy Mike or the Hot Steam Machine? Mike I Ward. like Hot Steam Machine. Okay. After this episode posts, we'll put uh, Mike will put a vote, uh, Twitter poll out there, and you, the listeners, can decide. Do you want Mike to be called Creepy Mike? Hot Steam, <laughs> the Hot Steam <laughs> Machine Mike? Oh, no, Mike, no, do you want to put a Hot Steam Machine Mike? <laughs> the Hot Steam Machine. That's it. There's Mike, no Mike, do you want to put a uh, you want to put an option out there for yourself? I thought it was Mikey Sands. That is, I do call you Mikey Sands a lot. Yeah. Okay, so we'll have three options: Mikey Sands, the Hot Steam Machine, Creepy Mike. <laughs> and you the we already <laughs> we already asked our <laughs> listeners to I, vote for the facts, and we don't want to give them any extra homework because yeah, they're already so overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to overwhelm them at home. You know, they have other things to do, like. Uh, pay their mortgages, and walk their dogs. I'm pretty sure if you don't pay a mortgage, but you tell them that you didn't pay because you're voting for the fact off, they will let it slide this month. Yeah, don't let it happen again. But I have for, heard Alex? that we have some people who listen <laughs> who work at uh, a bank's, uh, multiple banks. <laughs> Worked at a bank's? That sounds so fake. <laughs> I know one person who works at a bank, and he doesn't listen. He does not listen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I mentioned earlier, you guys get to vote for the winner. Mike, can you bring out the fact calculator and see who won last week? Oh, yeah, it's that time again. And uh, you know what? Alex is on a roll. He's the winner again somehow. Rolling, rolling, rolling on the fact. Hold on. Because people I, like fried fish sandwiches. They're delicious. I'm noticing a pattern. I won the first two weeks. Mike won the second two weeks. And Alex has won the third two weeks of the year so far. So, so I should win I, next week. Well, let's hope your fact's good to match uh, that um, confidence. Uh, no. I, my fact is terrible. But I should just I, win by <laughs> I saw a glimpse of Pat's uh, fact when he sent us that picture of himself. Um, so I have a... Saw the word children in there, so got a oh, good you? idea. Yeah, <laughs> good sounds idea. Sketchy, whatever oh, what? you're saying. Um, but I, real quick before you get into your victory fact, because it looks like you're still like trying to figure that aspect of your it. life right out. Uh, but if the listeners at home have noticed, uh, the show titles and the show notes have been getting wackadoodle, a little wackadoodle. 
Because I'm I'm letting the the internet I'm letting the AI decide the name of the show and what's the description. The Chat GPT, the big one, the famous one. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I'm just asking Chat GPT, our overlords, soon to be overlords. I assume we're yeah, all going to be out of jobs, sure. and this this software is going to decide our lives. So might as well start with this show. And the wackadoodle t- titles we have. It's now. gonna put a lot of like jobs you didn't think out of the job. How many times are you gonna say wackadoodle? This <laughs> episode, it Mike. He wants that to be his new nickname. Yeah. Wackadoodle Mike. <laughs> wackadoodle Mike. Yeah. All right. You, you can get along with your victory fact because I think you finally found it. Yeah, it's pretty wackadoodle uh, fact. Okay, my victory <laughs> fact on February twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. Mike was now known as Wackadoodle Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, on July 16th, 1439, King Henry VI banned kissing in England as to to prevent the deadly Black Plague. Did it work? I think so. We don't hear about the plague anymore. (laughs) It's true. People rarely kiss. (laughs) That's why nobody wants to kiss me. Um, (laughs) That's it, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. When me and Mike worked together, he was always trying to get people to kiss him, and no one ever did. <laughs> Surprisingly, Mike was not fired. <laughs> he left he on kept, his own accord. He kept saying, wackadoodle, <laughs> kiss me. Yeah. So people think having to wear a mask is bad. Having not, to kiss not, Mike is worse. <laughs> yeah, not being able to kiss anybody. It's true. How, see, my thing is, like, how are you supposed to give somebody the kiss to death if you're not allowed to do it? The murder rates must have been so low. Well, you kiss people and then they would get the plague, so then they would die. So it actually would work. But then you would die, unless you have like a poison ivy type thing going on. Well, your lips are poison. So I know, Alex, you didn't do this much research because uh, you probably didn't have time. But the kiss of death, did that come from this same I have fact? no idea. Well, no th- idea. I'm glad you didn't research any of this. I know it's in The Godfather. Or is it The I Godfather 2? St- well, know. anyways, that's in one of them. It's it's in one of them, and do you know what's time for? Pats, fact, 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 spectacular. Pats, fact, 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 spectacular. Pats, fact, 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 spectacular. Featuring Wackadoodle Mike. Featuring the Wackadoodle Mike. Welcome As I to- note, people don't realize that I sing that every week. It's not a recording. It's not. It sounds like you know Beyonce made it. <laughs> or or maybe Rihanna. Yeah. Or Rihanna. Now, this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's how you pronounce her name. It was like a whole thing before the Super Bowl. You guys watched was the it? pregame? Yeah. Anyway, that's my fact. <laughs> so I was only going to have four facts this week of the fact calendar because one of my facts turned out to be my fact of the week that will be told later. And I was yelled at by Mike. Or no, I said, should I go get a fifth fact? And Mike said, who would even notice? So put that up on the poll. Let's just keep asking people questions. Would you notice if I only said four facts? (laughs) I I think you'd probably say two facts or six facts, and people would think you said five facts. All right. Well, first fact, this is the, the wild card that I just found. Cajun legend has it. That Louisiana swamps and bayous are haunted by the Rougerou, a werewolf-like creature that apparently hunts both Catholics who don't observe Lent and naughty kids. Nope. 
That's why I don't go to Louisiana doing Lent. That was almost my fact for the week. No, I didn't know how deep I Mike, could get Mike, is that it. true? Uh, the Rouge Room? Uh, no. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's coming out the fact calendar. All right, is this true, Mike? Computer scientist Jennifer Allen created the initialism ASMR for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response in a Facebook post. Allen used the term meridian to imply orgasm without actually saying it. Sounds like word salad. I, it's true. <laughs> Is this now Mike says if the facts are true or not? I like this. All right. I don't get it. What? ASMR? Yeah, no, the, the meridian. Yeah, I, w- I would have cut that one out completely. Like, I would have, I would have called up the company and said, "Hey, why, why did you put this in the calendar?" First off, second of off, why did you tell me to like talk, say this on a show, like on a podcast? <laughs> First off, ASMR is huge. Just by mentioning ASMR, we're getting a whole bunch of young weird perverts to listen to our show, and I People welcome like young perverts. <laughs> Speaking of young perverts. Can we, if we had any fans, can we call our fans young perverts? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of young perverts, Gidget, the chihuahua made famous as Taco Bell's spokesdog, also played the mom to Elwood's beloved pup Bruiser in Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde. Really? <laughs> Mike, is that true? That is fascinating. I, I have heard of there being a movie. Yes. This is true. Legally Blonde 2, not as good as Legally Blonde 1. Yes, that's a, that's a fact. They <laughs> both barely qualify as movies. The now, first one, one's fun. I watched it on the bus trip and everybody The first one I watched it. the other day. It's great. Yeah, I like it. I saw the musical. It was really good. Now, this is a sad fact of the week. Have you ever heard the fastball song, The Way? Yeah, I like that song. It's a good song, right? You know what it's about? No. All right. So it was released 25 years ago today, being uh, February 24th, so not today, and was inspired by Raymond and Leela Howard, an elderly Texas couple who left home to attend a local festival and never returned. The couple was found dead in their car two weeks later near Hot Springs, Arkansas. Raymond had recently had brain surgery, and Leela had been exhibiting signs of Alzheimer's. Police concluded that they had gotten lost, became disoriented, and accidentally drove off the road. No. But um, where were they going without ever knowing the way? I feel like this uh, type of thing happens quite often. So, like, why did they write about this particular event unless maybe they're re- relatives or, like, were they the ones that found these people? Might have been, like, in the news or where yeah, they're from. Slow, slow news week. It inspired a song. Inspiration comes from, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, what inspired us to do this? Was it this fact? In 1986, a law was put on the books in the UK that made it a crime for anyone to handle salmon in suspicious circumstances. It was meant to go after illegal fisheries, but it certainly isn't worded that way. The law was later amended to cover all types of fish. Mike was born around that time in the UK. Uh, yeah, true. they said uh, the birth. My birth was a fishy situation. <laughs> yeah, yep. it was a suspicious fish situation. <laughs> All right, and there you yeah. go. Those are the five facts of the week. I like to talk about dog one. Really? I thought that was the weakest one. 
I, really? I think this is probably the, one of the worst weeks I've ever come across in my entire life. Well, like, uh, you're never going to listen to the song The Way the Same again. I, I did like that fact because I had no clue about that song um, at all. <laughs> and That's good. Have you ever heard the song? I, I, I probably have. I, I just don't know band titles uh, that that well, but... I think they're a one-hit wonder. Yeah. They might have had, like, another smaller hit, but that was, like, the big one. Yeah. So, I can't confirm or deny if I've heard that song or not. I'll confirm it for you. He has. Play it after this episode, everyone. And then think of the Raylan, Raymond and Leela. I already forgot their last name. Oh, that's so sad. Howard? <laughs> Howard. It was Howard, everybody. Think of them. All, All right. right. So, I am also your winner again. I want to say that I won twice in a row because I'm the best. Thanks so for I get to pushing that pick, on us. Pick the order in which we go. I'll go first because my fact is nice and short. You went I like first going last first. week. Because I, like, I, like, I like to get the pressure off me so this way I'm more witty. And don't have to pay attention as much to your facts. You can, uh, when you listen back to the episodes, you hear Alex chime in just a little bit less and less as the episode goes on until it's just me and Mike talking back and forth at the end. <laughs> and then I come and hit you hard with the end spiel I give. Where you go? And you can <laughs> he doesn't even know what he says the at the end. <laughs> socials. Uh, Mike's not working right now, so he can <laughs> tweet a bunch. All right. Give us, give us this fact, Alex. Yeah. Okay, I'm going. I was listening to another podcast the other day, and they mentioned Snake Island in Brazil, and I, I was like, about doing this too. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know if that was a real place because there was a comedy podcast where they improvise. Comedy Bang Bang good podcast you should listen. Um, so I looked it up. It is a real place, and the real name of it is. I'm going to butcher it, and I would go back to saying Snake Island before. After this is <laughs> Alaha de Cordeman Cordema Grand, something like that. I apologize. So, listen to the home. Do you think you even need to know the real title of this island? I don't think so. Can Alex, do, you but, didn't even need to, need to trouble yourself at all. Just, just Snake Island. Yeah, it's called Snake Island. It is about twenty miles off the coast of Southeast Brazil. And you guessed it, it has a lot of snakes. One type of snakes. The golden lancehead snake. That sounds like a fun snake. It's not. It's one of the most poisonous snakes in the world. Said if you get if you get bit, you have a 7% chance of dying. Oh, and I thought you were going to say high. it's like the Midas touch. Cause it, okay. That's with like a doctor's help. Uh, you also, if you get bit, like your skin starts to melt right away. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather die. <laughs> um, no one lives on this island because it's full of snakes. Um, and the island itself is like a rock and rainforest formation. So, like, they, all the snakes just live in the rainforest. There's not a lot. This is like, was... sounds like the perfect island for like a uh, career criminal uh, or a evil mastermind because nobody lives there and nobody assumes anybody lives there. Um, so. Perfect. Also yeah, but sounds like a perfect island for a giant ape to live on. They also say the rumor was always that there's one snake every three feet. So I don't know how good that is to live there. But they the calculations are probably one snake for every eleven feet. So okay. a little better. 
Yeah. <laughs> Some guy with a measuring tape walking across the island. All right. Uh, so, it I is found fasc- it. It is fascinating. So this golden lancehead snake, lancehead viper, is a type of viper, and lancehead is a popular breed of snake, but the golden one is a lot more poisonous than the other. So they believe about 11,000 years ago, towards the end of the Ice Age, when the sea levels rose, it cut off uh, access for these snakes to go back to the mainland. So the snakes were stuck on this island, and it's 20 miles, and they can't swim it. Poor guys. So you think they would evolve to swim? Well, no, they evolved in other ways. So there's no predators on the island for them. So no one eats them, so they produce a lot. They said at one point they think there was an estimate of 400,000 snakes on this island. What do they eat, though? So, no, they also evolved because there's no land prey that they started to climb trees and eat migrating birds. So they they prey on birds, so they're actually up in the trees and unlike other uh, lancehair snakes, like they will bite you, bite their prey, and then follow the prey as it slowly dies. The golden lancehead one bites it, and it act like it. Uh, the venom activates right away, so it kills the prey a lot faster. So the birds don't have a chance to fly away. Yeah, they don't have so, a chance to fly away and die on another island for another snake. Yeah, so they just, they hang out in the trees waiting these for, for these birds to fly back and forth. Wouldn't it be an issue of resources, though? Like, how many birds could there be? Like, I don't know. Keep killing them off. Dude, I heard about this poisonous lake in Montana. Um, yeah. uh, poison facts. And you mentioned poison ivy. I'm starting to notice a trend. <laughs> so, actually, it's actually a big issue because they believe... The snakes are endangered because they're only found on this island, and there's only between like two thousand and four thousand of these snakes. Wait, they sound like they're safe. I thought you said four hundred thousand earlier. No, was they it... said that was at one point they believed at their it was peak. that. Okay, yeah. So now they've gone down to about a four thousand. Yeah. Po- well, so that sounds small. So this island must not be that huge, right? It was a hundred and six acres. Okay. Uh, and it's mostly rock and rainforest. It's, the name, the real name actually translates to slash and burn because they were using a lot of deforestation on this island until they realized there's like too many snakes. Yeah, and now the snake uprising. Yeah, they raised hell. Um, I'd watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, but they also said with the lack of resources and like the small part of the island that does have a rainforest is where they live. They also said since they can't interact with other species, there's a lot of inbreeding with the snakes and they get like a lot of diseases that are kind of wiping them out. Um, They're like the Lannisters of snakes. Yeah. People did live on the island from 1909 to 1920 in a lighthouse that they built on the island. Uh, Legend has it that the last people to live there, one day snakes came in while they were sleeping and bit them all up and killed them, and no one has lived there since. That Truth sounds is, like a completely big... Yeah, that's just one of those... Actually, that sounds like a very plausible... <laughs> like, on an island called Snake Island, they got bit by snakes and died? It doesn't sound as far-fetched. But uh, animals typically don't hunt humans unless they're, like, uh, 
These aren't animals. These are apex predators. Vipers that live in trees. (laughs) Um, But really what happened is the Brazilian Navy, they started to automate the lighthouse and they just take care of it. And they show up yearly for maintenance. There are people who are allowed to go to the island because the venom in the is being used for, and the snake is being used for like a lot of medicine and research and all. If you do go to the island, you are required to have a doctor with you, um, in case somebody gets bit. But there's also the doctor gets bit, and all hell will break loose. He's in like a metal suit. <laughs> in most movies, the doctor always gets bit first. Yeah. Uh, and also, there is a black market of people going in and t- taking these snakes because they're rare snakes. And you can sell them between ten and thirty thousand. Last time I heard, thirty thousand um, what? Alex, dollars. are you trying to start like a business on this side? No, <laughs> pay no attention to my snake tanks behind me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just an interesting island full of snakes and birds, mostly. Well, you were wrong. <laughs> but there you have it. My fact is called pets a jerk. <laughs> no, my fact Sna- is just called snakes on this. Island. Snake Island? I wanted to go to Candy Apple Island. <laughs> um, uh, Mike went second last time. Pack and go second. All right. Switching it up so the people at home don't get bored. You love to see it. All right. As I mentioned earlier, my fact comes to you from Mike's fact calendar that he sent to me in the mail. So if you don't like this fact, you can always blame Mike. And if you do like this fact, vote for it and blame me. Uh. No, if you do like it, uh, just vote for my fact. <laughs> I like that. So, all right. So we're going to discredit your win. <laughs> all of Mike's facts are because they liked mine. Now, I don't know if you, uh, Alex, you have kids. Yep. Mike and I don't have kids. Uh, yep. So we've we've never experienced this. I don't know. I've That's heard why you guys the are legend of this. Always acting like kids. Um, apparently, when you go to a restaurant, they have something called a kid's menu. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Sometimes I want to eat off the kids' menu because it's so much cheaper and they have the options I want. <laughs> Sometimes the kids' menu is just on the adult menu. Yeah. Huh. That's so interesting. Well, did you know that uh, there weren't always kids' menus? What the hell? I know. Yeah, because back exciting. in the day, people just leave their kids at home and go out to eat. And... Yeah. yeah. Actually, before 1920, kids weren't allowed in restaurants. Ah, the good old days. Yep, some people consider this the golden age of dining. That's um, why uh, Trump ran Make America Great Again. That's exactly what he was <laughs> talking, about. talking about. He was talking about 1919, when kids weren't allowed in a restaurant. He was getting, trying to get away from Barron. <laughs> um, all right, so, but 1920. So before 1920, only you had to be like a really rich kid to be able to go eat. because Ah, the mics of the world. Yep, because restaurants typically were known for drinking yep. and having a good time. And the last thing you want to do is see your kid there. Now you go to uh, bars and uh, breweries. There's kids all over the place. So Applebee's is a good representation of the old the old school restaurants because it has the bar and the food. Yeah. Um, the least favorite but- thing to do is take my kids to a brewery. Yeah, because usually you take your shirt off and run around like a crazy person. Yeah, I can't. And they're like, oh, we're going. They threaten to take your kids away from you and all. <laughs> yep. Now, 1920. What happened in 1920 that would fundamentally change the way the restaurant industry worked? 
The invention of the kids' menu. Did you say the Volstead Act? Uh, yep. Oh, that was at the tip of my tongue. I thought it was 1919. I'm sorry. Well, the Volstead Act was uh, created in 1919. Okay. It was enacted in January 1920. Now, Mike, do you know what the Volstead Act is? Uh, If I knew, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) It is... (laughs) <laughs> this is the one thing holding Mike, Mike back in life. <laughs> Mike just got up and walked away. I'm afraid to tell him what it is. I don't want to lose Mike. He's the hot steam machine. Uh, Who? The Act Mike? is Prohibition. It's the National Prohibition Act. Uh, okay. Oh, I was actually going to say Prohibition, but I held my tongue. But I didn't know it was called the Volstead Act. I can't even I think pronounce it's like. Lovingly called the Volstead Act. I think it's really the National Prohibition Act, but Volstead is the name of the person who came up with it or brought mm. it to the floor. And that would outlaw alcohol and liquor all across the United States, and it would terribly hurt the hospitality industry because now why would people go out if they couldn't just get drunk the whole time? Yeah, they have to yeah. drink at their home in secrecy now. Yeah, so what were restaurants to do. They were losing a lot of business. Well, enter the Waldorf Astoria in New York. Why didn't they just make mocktails? That's true. They probably could have. Or a root beer. In 1921, the Waldorf Astoria would be one of the first restaurants to institute a children's menu. This would uh, begin the idea that children could um, (laughs) not eat the same same items as adults. I like the idea. It's like, you know what? Kids eat food too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can sell food to them. Well, it's such a weird idea that kids eat food, but we just like they can't eat our food. <laughs> we have to; they have to have their own food. It has to be like what's on a typical kids menu: chicken fingers, quesadillas, yep. hot mac dog, and cheese. cheeseburger, mac and cheese, French fries, liver it, and onions. It's almost like when you're younger, like the, uh, your taste buds aren't fully expanded yet, or something, and you just don't enjoy all the different food groups yet. Well, yeah, but it's still hard to beat chicken tenders. It my is. My fact is going to veer into children's diets. Now, the um, <laughs> Wait, Walter you, you Astoria. Do, what? To be fair, you are constantly saying kids today are too fat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize Michelle Obama was giving the fact today. Yeah. Oh, in your face, <laughs> fat kids! Well, Mike, put up a poll. <laughs> Who has better arms, Michelle Obama or Pat? <laughs> look at look at these guns. All right, so the Waldorf Astoria did make, uh, you know, kids' menus are very fun. They want to entice kids to eat, so they put uh, Little Jack Horner on the cover, probably in the corner. Um, Unfortunately, the food was very bland. They had flaked chicken over boiled rice, mixed green vegetables (laughs) and butter, a splat of prune whip, and the most popular item, a broiled lamb chop. That does sound a lot better than the other options. <laughs> well, a broiled lamb chop, apparently, the, I, the article I read said it was like the chicken fingers of the time. It was like everybody had a broiled lamb chop. Okay. Um, so these were the foundations of a proper children's diet uh, because the most popular book on parenting back then was called The Care the Bible. And, <laughs> the Bible, yes. The Care and Feeding of Children by pediatrician Emmett Holt. And okay. It was first published in 1894. You know that guy. This yeah, facts a coaster. It has everything in yeah. it so far. Now, this is, um, Alex, you have kids. This is kind of interesting stuff. Uh, according to this book, young <laughs> I will children be the judge of that. <laughs> we're not to be given fresh fruits, 
nuts or raisins in their rice pudding. Not even these nuts? <laughs> Ew. Talk about kids here, Alex. Uh, kids were not allowed to have pies, tarts, or pastry of every description. I agree and, with that one. That's my pie. Yeah, they were forbidden. And they could not eat ham, bacon, corn, cod, tomato soup, or drink lemonade until their 10th birthday. It does yeah, sneakily but- sound like the uh, parents are saving the good foods for themselves. <laughs> you know how everybody, you always get that question, like, if you can travel back in time and punch one person in the face? <laughs> I think this is the guy. I this think is- this is the guy I would want to punch. The Rotate Kids book? <laughs> yeah, he's withholding ham from kids. What's wrong with you, monster? The other thing I read in an article, I didn't write it down, but I didn't know if it was going to come up. But they were trying to think of, like, why these foods in particular. And, like, they're like, some make sense because, like, pork, there's a lot of bacteria back then. And a- according to this uh, Greek philosopher, Gallen, I looked this up. He was, like, he especially. The- milk gallon. Yes. He um, was especially against, like, uh, raw fruits because it caused diarrhea. Um, and a- diarrhea in children can be deadly. So. Yeah, because it probably wasn't washed properly. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that was like kids couldn't have like anything good. There was also this idea that if a kid tasted good food, then they wouldn't want to ever eat not good food again. Well, yeah, that's yeah. why when kids eat chicken tenders, they never want anything but chicken tenders. Yeah. Well, the I old adage is of keep, keep the kids dumb. Yeah. Um. All right. So, and this was like a very prominent thing. So several establishments uh, advertised that their children's menu had been approved by the American Child Health Association, which Emmett Holt was the founding vice president. So basically uh, the advertisement is, we have shitty food here. <laughs> Please come. We, But it's cheaper and kids can eat. So it was like really like it was affordable because it was like, hey, your kids can eat here. It's just to get the adults back in the door. Wait, does hey, your hey. fact cover when the kids eat free? No, it and, doesn't. Damn it. And does it cover when the uh, seniors menu came into play? No, that's what next week's. Next week I'll talk about the kids eat free, and then the, f- the third week I'll talk about the senior menu. And it'll be that's a whole like a, just facts. sipping out of a straw. <laughs> yes. Um, it wasn't until 1946 when the publication of Baby and Child Care by Benjamin Spock succeeded Emmett Holt as a nation's chief child rearing expert. Suck it, Holt. He also got rid of the term child rearing because it was kind of too much like raising cattle. And he brought up the word parenting, which is what we yeah. use now. Um, Bring back child rearing. So really, um, the idea is that kids should be eating what adults are eating just in smaller portions. But unfortunately, that still never took hold. It's, we just eat the same junk, um, pretty much processed foods and how cheap it was to make them is what ruled the day. And it's why we have what we have now. Um, and kids' menus are officially part of the menu now. Uh, and in June of 1979, McDonald's introduced the first Happy Meal. <gasps> I was trying nice. to think of names of other kids' menu meals. And I was just like, well, you have the Happy Meal. And then you have the Mighty Kids the- Meal. Ah, that's what it is. I could not think of that. That's Burger King, right? No, that's Wendy's. Wendy's. Burger King is the BK- the Junior King meal. Uh, BK the- Kids meal. BK Kids meal. BK, man, you guys know a lot about these kids menu meals. Worst fast food kids menu, Arby's. What's that called? Uh, we have less good. meats. Yeah, it's just not good. Yeah, I, um, I don't even know if Arby's has a name for theirs, but they probably do. 
Barbie kids. Nice. All right. Well, that, that's yeah. my fact, everybody. <laughs> I don't want my fact to do it. Like, people are think, was Pat's fact really just Alex trailing on about kids menus and what's in them? I don't, I don't need this. Don't don't preface your fact by saying, Alex, you know a lot about this, and then don't let me ty- chime in. Okay, I won't let you chime in. What was the name of your fact, Pat? Uh, the children's menu. Oh. I'm not going to be cutesy with it. I want to win. Uh, Mike, you're next. All right, I'm just going to roll right into because we're getting running a little late. Uh, Are we? No, we're not. <laughs> I, I know. We're not really timing <laughs> this. <laughs> we usually um, cut about three hours of each episode. We do. Uh, this fact takes place in Papua New Guinea. Oh, well, Pat was born. Yeah, I, yep. I didn't really know much about this uh, country, but I did some quick research uh, just to kind of like lead into the fact. Um it's just north of Australia, so it's an island nation right, right, pretty close to Australia. Um, it has 850 different languages. Wow. Man. How big? How many people? Uh, and uh, over 1,000 different cultures. I, I I think there's like million. I, I didn't get the full population, but it's it's millions of people. Um, and it also has the third largest rainforest in the world. That's cool. Number one is uh, well, Amazon, right? Yeah, I think so. And its main exports are like copper and gold. And uh, gold kind of uh, leads us into this fact. Um, so the, the island's pretty rural. And uh, it wasn't until the 1930s when Australians were there to get gold that they discovered that there were over a million people living up in the highlands of the country. Like oh, and, they didn't even know that? They just Yeah, they're just kind of in the rainforest and villages and such. So um, it wasn't really known until they started exploring the island more mainly to get rich um but it took around till the 1950s for researchers to really go into these villages to like research the people and like learn about them and because there's like a lot of different cultures cultures. yeah Yeah. um and and they kind of helped these these people as well because they were dealing with some rather interesting maladies um well, they just introduced prohibition, and the restaurants there were hurting. So, <laughs> yeah. like, no, they, they, no, this is not uh, America. <laughs> another kids, another kids menu. Yeah, this not, is the Papua New Guinea <laughs> kids menu. No, there was no kids menu. Um, but they discovered a dangerous illness in the tribe called Four, F O R E, and this Gotham tribe uh, was about eleven thousand people in it. And about 200 people a year would die, like from from this mysterious disease. And the tribe they nicknamed this disease Kuru, and that translates uh, to shivering or trembling in English. Uh, but this strange disease had a couple of symptoms. Uh, one of them was trouble walking, so like uh, people would like lose control of their limbs and start having issues like walking. And then as it progressed, they would start having like loss of emotional control. Uh, so mm. the disease was nicknamed the Laughing Death because uh, you know they would kind of just lose it and probably go into manic manic laughter. Laughing. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And uh, within like a year, this it progressed so much that it you lose all your bodily functions. Yeah. Um, so, and then you die. 
Um, so it's <laughs> this is a pretty happy fact. That I know tell. it's pretty happy. <laughs> I know. So yeah, a lot of people they believed it to be like sorcery that because you know they didn't know anything more than that. So uh, who's to say it's not? It's not sorcery. Uh, just expose that part of the fact as not true. It. You don't. How know do you that. know? <laughs> I am a firm believer that most science is sorcery in disguise. I'm not a conjurer of cheap tricks. <laughs> Uh, I would agree to disagree. Uh, this disease mainly hit children eight years, like around eight years old and younger, and adult women. Uh, and some tribes had lost almost all their ladies. Uh, this is pretty, pretty intense disease. And <laughs> the way you said it, it's weird. Some of these tribes lost all of their ladies. I started giggling because it sounded like you said. It's uh, children eight and under, <laughs> under, and then adult woman. Like it was just one adult woman. No, plural, <laughs> plural. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, but in yeah. my head, it was funny. There was just like this one lady. It was like, God damn it! Why am I the only one? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. So yeah, so uh, just to categorize this, like the 1930s, Bad. they discovered these these people, um, and then 1950s, we, they went we in to research to them? them, and then. 1960s is when they started like trying to figure this whole disease out. Um, have they hold on? How far back did that disease go, or was it like, hey, we we met with them, we gave them a bacteria, and then they all started dying? No, it's before it's before the um, okay, yeah, before settlers came in to like get the gold. Who told you that, settlers? Yeah, the settlers. Um, you'll find out very soon where this comes from. Um, yeah, so teaser, tease. Yeah, so the, re- the researchers ruled out the environmental contaminants, so they did an extensive list of different contaminants that could be causing this crazy disease or illness, and they found no contaminants or environmental things that could be causing this type sorcery. of... Sorcery. Yeah, sorcery, exactly. Um, in 1961, a researcher named Shirley Lindenbaum, she was like a medical okay. anthropologist from New York... She traveled from like to like a bunch of different villages to map out like family trees because they thought maybe the disease could be genetic. So they're like, well, let's go to all these different villages to see if genetics have anything to do with like all these people dying. And she and? she quoted was quoted as saying <laughs> uh, these people like the villagers were all obsessed with trying to save themselves because they knew that demographically they were all on the brink of extinction because they were losing their children and their yeah. the ladies. Um, but she, after like traveling to all the villages, uh, Lindenbaum concluded that it couldn't be genetic because it affected women and children of the same social groups and not like the gen- not genetic groups. Okay. So, uh. so that's how they ruled that aspect of it out. So was it like poor poor people got this disease or rich people got this disease? Uh, we'll get into it in a second. But she discovered that so, so teasing. <laughs> she discovered that it started up north in the northern territories and kind of like around the turn of the century. So you asked about like the time it kind of started being discovered uh, around the beginning of the 1900s. Uh, that's when this started spreading, and it's it went south over the decades and. Um, so the researcher Lindebaum, she started to get a hunch because uh, 
these villages they practiced a some unique funeral like things like practices like uh so in these villages what they would do is when somebody would die they thought it was bad that the person would get consumed by like um worms or you know in, insects as a as a I think that's also bad. Yeah, as yeah. it decomposed. So they thought that was just like something that was evil or wrong. So they developed this practice where they would cook and eat the dead as an act of love and and to like go through the grieving process. I don't think I love anybody that much. Was this on the kids' menu? (laughs) This was not on the kids' menu. Sounds like it's on the kids and the adult women menu. (laughs) But the kids were consuming this uh, practice. So, um, come eat your grandpa. (laughs) So, yeah, the four the 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 uh, earlier uh, tribe I mentioned, they believed that it was better to consume your loved ones than to have them like. Who's to say they're wrong? Yeah, who's to say they're wrong? It actually kind of makes sense. So (laughs) this disease says they're wrong. But it makes sense. But the question is, why were the woman in particular dying? Mike, kind of makes sense. What? (laughs) I mean, if if you're thinking of like uh like losing somebody and like seeing them kind of deteriorate before their your eyes, like in a rainforest, their bodies rapid rapidly deteriorate and like get consumed. That's kind of sad to to think like. They but probably believe I, that, like, hey, burn, burn like, them. why not re-nourish ourselves from our ancestors then yeah. to, like, let them just go into the earth? I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense, but I can... Mike is not invited to my funeral. <laughs> He's going to show up with a big bib and a big knife. All right. So, why were women mainly dying? Well, they were the ones that removed the brain and mixed it with ferns and cooked them in bamboo shoots. And uh, they would cook everything... Actually, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> they would cook everything but the gallbladder. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, they, they they didn't know what it was for. We don't know what it's for. <laughs> yeah, we, no, nobody knows. Uh, so the ladies themselves took the role of consuming the dead body because uh, it was thought that they would give the body a safe place inside their own body and tame and and basically tame the spirit. Yeah. Okay. So they they believed in their culture that only uh, the female, the woman uh, in their culture, could do this. So that's why the ladies were getting this particular illness. And uh, they also uh, found that the children would get pieces of uh, of this these this meal as like snacks. Okay. Y- yum. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, you put them in like a little like yeah. a popsicle tray. So that's and, that's yeah, coming for full circle. This was the first children's meal, Pat. Yeah, there you go. In your face, Alex. You said it couldn't be done. You couldn't be done. I did say it was couldn't be done. Yeah. So after years of study, biologists finally concluded that the strange disease came from cannibalism. Like as we uh, kind of, okay. you could have figured out. Uh, I would have never figured it out. And the case was closed after a group at the U.S. National Institutes of Health injected human brain into chimpanzees and watched the disease Kuru develop in the chimpanzee. So that's how they kind of yeah. c- concluded, like, wrap this whole case up. Um, they won the Nobel Peace Prize. 
and they really? nicknamed the virus the Not slow in the virus. Community. The slow virus because it slowly. Yeah, it slowly like destroys your your mind and your body. Um, now it's known as prions disease. Oh, okay. Yeah, P R I O N S. I don't yeah. know if you guys have heard of it. It's pretty rare yeah, because how often do people eat? How often do people eat other people? Uh, In Alex's community. Yeah. Essentially, the disease like eats away your brain and puts holes in your cerebellum. Um, I like my brain. You do. Uh, the last case in these communities was 2009. Brain. Really? Well, it wasn't because they uh, had continued to eat. It just took a while to... Yeah, so... Like, uh, yeah, in some somebody. cases, it takes a while for it to show up in the body. So... Uh, the last case was in 2009, and they officially closed the case on this epidemic in 2012. Nice. Giant buck. Yeah, but I mean, that's probably the first time we figured out that cannibalism was wrong. No, I didn't you know think? before that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so my fact is called Don't Eat Me When I'm Gone. Good title. Well, there you have it, folks. Our three facts for today are the Island of Snakes, the menu of kids, and don't eat me when I'm gone. Um, There's a lot of menus and eating and islands in this fact. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fun one. I like this one. It's a theme. It goes together. We should go to like an island theme restaurant together. Even the snakes knew not to eat each other. In like two weeks, Pat's in town. We'll all go out. Oh, yeah. I'm in town two weeks. Yeah. Let's yeah. do something. So so go to factoffpodcast.com to vote for which one you think is the best. There's also a link in the show notes that will say vote here. Just click on that and it'll take you straight to the page. Rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. Uh, check us out on all the socials. Check Instagram. Us out. Instagram, oh, oh Twitter, <laughs> Facebook. Mike is off this uh, spring, so he'll be posting more on those. And have a great day.